0: Hello Musai Collective, I'm your host, Lindsay Cabrera, and welcome back to this week's episode. We're only a few weeks away from wrapping up Season 3 and 2021, so make sure to take some time and reflect on the year you had and allow yourself to step back into some of the self-love over the holidays with hot baths, cozy nights on the couch with face masks or some of your favorite foods, anything that brings you bliss. Before I introduce my next guest, I'd like to mention that there is a brand new Mussai mix up on my SoundCloud page curated by Barella. She was featured on the last episode this week, you'll be meeting Just B, a multidisciplinary DJ and producer who wears many hats in the music scene. Just B has refined a diverse palette and style, which is unquestionably uniquely her own. As an accomplished DJ, radio host, vocalist, published writer, and promo label head, with no shortage of curveballs in her repertoire, she has shared decks with heavyweights like Martin Roth, Sebastian Leger, Miss Malera, Cubicolor, and Sasha and Digweed, and many more. Just B is also the host of a monthly radio show, Under Current on DIFM and manager of the global community and channel, Getting Deeper. With three European tours in 2019, she released her debut EP last December with two vocal tracks and is looking forward to five more releases slated in for the first half of 2022. Today, we discuss the magic of vision boards, the Getting Deeper community, some new releases and so much more. This musical Musai is an artist to watch and you can follow her on Instagram at justb__dj. I hope you enjoy this episode and here's just be on Musai Collective Hello, Justin Welcome to Musai Collective podcast. How are you doing over there today in Toronto, Canada? <laughs>
1: Hi, Lindsay. Thanks so much for having me. I am doing, doing well. Lots of, uh, lots of exciting things going on. So feeling kind of, uh, uplifted these days.
0: <laughs> Good. Well, I can't wait to get into this today with you. And, you know, you've been on quite the journey throughout the years. And I'd love for you to share where it all began and the epiphany you had to follow this path as an artist.
1: Yeah, it actually started, I guess, really that epiphany happened at Christmas when I was visiting my mom back East in 2012. I was living in Ottawa at the time and I had already been really madly in love with electronic music and for a number of years and i just was always wondering how i could get closer in some way to the artist to the music like i just felt like i was supposed to be closer to it that's all i knew and i was spending almost all my free time looking for music engaging with artists messaging artists around the world listening to like mixes after mixes after mixes i mean this is all i did in my free time pretty much other than my kung fu training and stuff and this epiphany came at Christmas when I was on my mother's computer all Christmas Eve through to like 6 a.m. looking for music. And <laughs> I went to bed and woke up and it basically came to me in this sort of like revelation that I was meant to pursue this path and like to to learn how to play and to to DJ and to eventually to leave Ottawa. And that was a decision I made very quickly when I went back to Ottawa that I knew I had to leave to kind of have just a fresh start. Um, it was time for life change and it just coincided perfectly with this new, exciting kind of venture that I wanted to pursue. Um, and it came kind of in a similar way as my epiphany that I had when I realized I wanted to, that I was meant to train kung fu and follow that that martial arts path that I had always wanted to do and that happened a couple years before when I came back from Korea so they were very similar in their in their I think the intensity of the message that I was getting from whatever you want to call it the universe my inner self all the above both of those messages for both of those pursuits were extremely um, similar and extremely intense for me. So yeah, I basically moved to Toronto the next year and started a new life and began sort of focusing on making something happen with this musical pursuit, which I really didn't know what to expect of, but I knew that I was meant to be here for that. So
0: yeah, it sounds like this was like a burning intuitive desire that you had like you felt it you could feel it like especially like staying up till six in the morning on Christmas Eve just collecting music you know and feeling that need to be closer to the music apart from being on the dance floor like to curate to put a set together like live in front of people and
1: yeah. create that
0: it's I get that I understand that because I feel like this sometimes I haven't done it <laughs> but I think to myself I'm like I want to learn just to play just so I can play when I'm with my friends and I want to like play some music I feel like this too and it's like just this need because you love the music so much and you're like okay but like what's next though <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's something that, I mean, it's, I think over the years, it's really blossomed into something that's so much more, well, not only so much more accessible to people, but, you know, people are really finding that outlet for their love of music, which is so universal, you know, and obviously diverse music taste. but like, you know, pretty much everyone, most people enjoy music. And then when they get to this point where they're like, oh, like, I would love to share that and do that, you know, what a cool cool way of of sharing that, that it becomes really appealing in that way. So
0: yeah, exactly.
1: It was definitely a very deep message for me. It was was literally like an epiphany, a light bulb, whatever you want to call
0: it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, something that we talked about when we connected last week was vision boards. And it's something that I actually do love to do as well. (laughs) You know, taking like these magazines and taking all the scraps and cutting words and images and At the end of it, you have this beautiful visual manifestation of your wishes and your dreams. And, you know, you mentioned to me that you have one hanging above your DJ booth at home, which you made in 2016. So, you know, when you look at this vision board that you've created, how has the magic of it kind of turned into reality for you? Like, do you look at it and see this has happened? This has happened. I still want that. Oh, you have it. it.
1: Amazing. Yes. (laughs) I thought, you know, it would be nice to show because it really is such a, it really is impactful for me. Um, oh,
0: you have so it framed of- even. Yeah. I love it.
1: Yes. Well, my friend that suggested to do this years ago in March, 2016, she bought frames for each of us and she said, let's do this and let's put it in a frame and properly, like, and put it on our
0: wall. So we yeah. can it day. Honor it, and, yeah.
1: And like you said, it's just so much fun to go through the most random of magazines. And all we had were a couple travel magazines. We didn't even have like, we didn't have fashion or like, or any kind of like other magazines that would give us more options. We just had these travel magazines and maybe one other. And it's just amazing how much will resonate with you. No matter what kind of magazine you have, you will find so many things that are so perfect for you. It's so true. (laughs) And I guess it's all part of the timing and alignment and the serendipitous occasion of choosing to do the vision board. I think that's part of the manifestation is manifesting also the, you know, those tools and those resources to kind of showcase your dreams or whatever they may be. So yeah, this, this, I want to be able to show the key, the key parts of this. There's a lot of things on here. There's a lot of things mostly related to music. Um, obviously you'll see the letter B, yeah. uh, related to confidence, you know, pursuing obviously like just a lot of the the vision boards out there. But I think, you know, what makes this unique for me is that I defined some travel dreams that I wanted to come to fruition to coincide with my music. And so I actually have right here, I don't know if it's visible, but it's basically a road sign with all kinds of arrows Ah, that have city names on them. They had, it basically had, it had a bunch of cities on there, but it didn't have all of them. So I added the main ones and that was London, Amsterdam and Berlin and there's a few others on there and then i had my suitcases with the airplane and everything and you know follow basically it's you know got things like lift off like focus on your music all that kind of stuff. And those were all like to find, to find a saying, like a little snapshot that said, focus on your music. I was just like, really?
0: Yes, like, exactly. This is so
1: perfect. <laughs> and then there's actually a little, funny enough, there's a little jar with coins in it. That's my gig jar. That was kind of like this idea that, you know, to, you know, to make all this happen, obviously financially for me, it's really been tough in Toronto. So of course that was part of like, finding a way to make it happen, you know? So that ended up turning into five, six months later, I did make a trip to Europe. I visited all three of those cities and I went to ADE in Amsterdam. However, those were just visits. They weren't gigs.
0: Three
1: Three years later was when I really manifested what this was truly all about. And that was my first of three European and UK tours in 2019 to all three of those cities. So I played in London, Amsterdam, and Berlin, and I returned two more times and played in all three cities again.
0: So nice. (laughs) really,
1: Really my, my, it was the dream come true in a sense, but I, you know, of course I worked really hard to get there, but everything was, it was finally ready to happen after six years of being in Toronto. And, you know, really that was my goal. Really. When I came here, this was kind of a stepping stone and to establish sort of myself, you know, get, get really the experience I needed and, and really, you know, have the, just have some amazing experiences here that would kind of set the foundation for me to be able to grow and to continue that elsewhere and abroad. So, so yeah, that, that vision board, I think, was very impactful.
0: For me. They are. And everyone listening, I really highly recommend doing it. Just do it with some girlfriends, grab a bunch of magazines and glue and whatever other like arts and crafts you want to put on there. And it's really nice. I did it with two girlfriends and it was definitely like a couple of years ago now, but I still have it. Like it's, it's in my storage. (laughs) I can't throw it out. Like, I love it. I don't want to throw it out. You know, it's important, but yeah. And and now I want to make a new one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I should make a new one actually, because it's been five years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's a good part of like the cycles of everything. And it's like, okay, so what's next, you know?
1: Definitely. I actually have an old one that I did in Ottawa, probably in 2011, like when I came back from Korea and it's, it's rolled up actually on a big construction board in my closet. So I've kept that one. And actually I should go back and look at it because that was before I made the decision of coming here to become an artist. So I know that, there was music involved, but there was other things as well. So yeah. it's,
0: see the evolution, right? Totally, yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. even okay. Dad, no, do do it. Yes, <laughs> I want to do it. I'm going to do it. That's my goal before the end of the year for new manifestations for 2022. That's what I want to do. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've been pursuing your DJ path now for over eight years with so much dedication time and energy going into everything that you do. So how has doing all of this work solo really impacted your progress?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting question, actually, to be a, to be kind of put that way. Thank you for that, and it's 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 insightful, and it kind of makes me kind of go a little bit deeper. I mean, there's I've always kind of been always kind of been I don't know a soloist in a sense, maybe an outlier in the sense that I've physically in my life I've moved around a lot, and it was always very tough to feel a sense of grounding or a sense of belonging because of all those shifts and and changes in my life. So even like even to, when I moved to Toronto. Despite having some friends here, it was still, it's never really been easy for me to sort of like fit in. I guess I've never really fit in because I'm just, I'm different. And I guess I embrace that individuality, but at the same time, it does, you know, it does sometimes feel a little bit lonely in the sense that, you know, you kind of, I'm very much a individual in the sense that I do think differently than a lot of people. I do have a lot of different interests in terms of music, for sure, that, you know, are quite disparate from, you know, the average person, whatever. And, and obviously, we're all different. We all have our special qualities and such. And that part is something that I wouldn't change. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, kind of trade that, but it definitely has, I guess you could say it has impacted sort of my, my process here and my journey in a way, because, you know, when you're, when you're doing everything like nothing's ever been, not that, not that anything's easy or you expect that it's going to be easy. I had no expectation of that whatsoever, but it's certainly never been something that's been an easy road. Like it's always been a lot of blood, sweat and tears every day, no matter what to kind of, you know, to achieve any of what I have. And it does make it more fulfilling in that way, you know, because you have given so much of yourself, but uh, you know, sometimes it's, I guess sometimes it's a bit, you know, maybe a little bit exhausting when you feel like you're carrying so much of the weight of you know, the artist development, the, the creation of the music, the curating, the promoting, the organizing, the, you know, all the other back end stuff that goes along with that, you know, like it's, it, it's a lot, it's a lot to do it consistently, to manage your social media, all that, like, you know, that, I mean, anybody who's taking it on full on and treating it like a job and treating it like it's an extremely meaningful pursuit, like I have anyone that's dedicated themselves in that way, I think could attest to the fact that if they don't have like family around and like, you know, a close support system, I don't have any family here. So through difficult times, it has been more impactful on a somewhat negative side for me, because when you don't have that physical support network around you, everything in your life is a little bit tougher. So I think that's how it's probably impacted me. It's made me certainly, I've very strong in the sense of fighting those challenges and overcoming and pushing forward. But yeah, it's, I think uh, it's made me a strong, much stronger person, very adaptable to change. I think all of that has made me very adaptable to change, but, uh, but yeah, it definitely has never compromised kind of, I'm always about staying true to who I am musically and personally and not compromising that you know, or my integrity in anything. So that individual sort of perspective will always sort of be there, I think.
0: (laughs) And I think that's really important to not veer off track of what you just said, like keep your integrity, do what you believe is right for you or what's best for you, for your career choices. But I know it's a lot of work being an artist these days. It's not just about the music anymore. It's the social media, it's the marketing, it's like getting your gigs booked. Maybe there's a manager. I don't know. There's so many different roles now that I know a lot of artists start off doing this all themselves, or maybe eventually have one person doing all of these things, but it's a lot to handle and it can be ups and downs and things happen, not so positive things and negative things in the music business as any business. But yeah, yeah I can see, I, I feel you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's like, a lot. You know, it's Yeah, you definitely know. I know that, you know, having worked with the artists that you have and, uh, and seeing that journey. And yeah, when you're not like, when you're not just like handed opportunities and, you know, things are made easy for you because yes. association with people or whatever, then mm. yeah, you have to work. Because you're
0: going and traveling and networking and meeting people yourself. Yeah. I traveled so much for networking, like all the conferences, all the like festivals, all the things. <laughs> now I feel like I know everyone, but I'm like, <laughs> now I'm like doing the opposite over here, but it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it's also my my shift, right? So yep. not only are you showing up as an artist in the dance music community, but you also wear many hats as an ambassador, as a social media director, label manager, and so many other things. So you also currently manage the community channel Getting Deeper. Can you tell us what is Getting Deeper all about? Where is it? Is it global? And what can someone expect from joining this community?
1: (laughs) Yeah, thank you for asking about that. (laughs) Getting Deeper is a really wonderful community and music channel. It started as a blog in 2012 in India. The founder um, is based in India. She's now in Berlin. So essentially the kind of foundation is now in Berlin. And it's basically a platform channel community which showcases and supports diverse artists and labels from all over the world through exclusive premieres, podcasts, special features, social media sharing and really deep relationship building when i Basically, I first connected with them in 2017 when I did a guest mix. I was invited to to do that mix for them. And a few years passed and I had uh, managed a, a really large promo label called Melodic Deep for a year. And then I reconnected with the founder of Getting Deeper in August of last year. And I really felt drawn to want to be involved in what they were doing. And I could see that there was a lot of room for growth, a lot. And so we had a call, and she loved what she heard. She was definitely looking for support. And I immediately took on kind of the volunteer role of content manager, ANR, label liaison, pretty much kind of all things like social media director, like everything to do with managing the channel and community to really grow the audience and and grow the support around the world for all these different artists. So, so yeah, I started last August and um, and it's basically giving me the opportunity to continue doing what I always loved. My, like one of my first loves before I actually decided to pursue um, the artist path was reaching out to artists around the world, engaging with them, talking with them about their music and then supporting them in whatever way I could at that time. And that was just like, before I was ever really like, you know, had much of a influence or anything in terms of a profile out there. And then over the years, as I developed my own profile and, and, and artist uh, uh, brand and then got involved with Getting Deeper, it gave me the opportunity to still engage with artists, do what I love to do, engage with them, hear their story discover amazing artists and amazing music every single day and also give me the opportunity to be able to support them in a way through getting deeper as well as through my own Just Be profile because I'm very personally invested in the channel and community. Um, Everything that I do is equally supported by my own Just Be pages and, and profiles and so forth. So you know, it's something, it's, it's a labor of love. It's all volunteer. It's something I put a lot of time and energy into. And it's just a space that I've created where it's, it's something that can be truly appreciated and supported. Like the music can truly be appreciated in the way that it should be versus a lot of other more profit driven kind of promo channels. Mm -hmm. It's very different than that. The profit driven channels are the ones that are pumping out 10 premieres in a day they don't give any thought to recognizing the artist. They're not reaching out to partners to share it. They're not posting on, they're half the time not even sharing it on their social media. I mean, it's like night and day in terms of the investment, you know, that I believe that these artists deserve, you know? So yeah, it's something, it's really special. And I've developed, you have no idea, like so many actually do, of course. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I have forged so many friendships with artists all over the place, mostly in Europe, but all over the place that trust not only me, but trust getting deeper as a place where they can come and feel welcome and supported and that they can grow long-term, not just one day a premiere and then you're forgotten. Yeah. Now I do a premiere. I talk to that person regularly. I post their stuff. I reshare their stuff. Like, that's how invested I am. So yeah, that's, I'm super passionate about that.
0: <laughs> that's so yeah. nice. Yeah, I actually I know you you shared like Musai Collective on there a couple times yeah, even, yeah. and I was that's like, cool. oh, that's, that's so cool. nice. Thank you.
1: <laughs> it's, well, it's, well, I believe that I believe that resharing other artists and other things that are inspiring to you. It doesn't matter what it is. It's not not just music, but visual art. I'm very very into audiovisual art and stuff and yeah. just follow a lot of artists that are really like amazing AV artists, just incredible motion graphics artists. And I just, I just love resharing really interesting, innovative content or inspiring content of any sort, really. Me so, too. <laughs> yeah, that's why. I, mean, I do too. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and I think it's really cool that like you said, it's not just like oversaturated with premieres and mixes and bada boom but being like, okay, like pumping out <laughs> all of the premieres such as some of the bigger tier outlets, it's like, let the music breathe a little bit, let the people, you know, maybe when they come to the community page or is there also a website or is it a SoundCloud yeah, there,
1: page? Well, there was, a, the founder kind of wanted to pick up the blog and the website again, but right now mm. it's it's really primarily Instagram? The SoundCloud. And I've built ah. the Instagram channel basically ah, okay. from, from nothing over the last year. So I've grown that tremendously. So we've got a really nice community on Instagram. We've got yeah. a fairly strong Facebook page, but as you and probably everyone out there knows, Facebook for an audience these days is almost, is almost nothing. And even if you pay, you don't get the, the yeah, exposure. it's but
0: different, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
1: Instagram is very strong for us. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. You know, I've been able to build a nice little.
0: I think this is really great because you're constantly connecting with all these other artists around the world. And like you were already doing that, but now there's just more support in, in terms of using this platform to support them. So I think that's really nice and that's what it's all about. And people forget that. So yeah,
1: I mean like I, I like that. <laughs> is, thank you. I mean there's, you know, most, I'd say a good majority of the artist community in the sense of the electronic music world kind of thing are very focused on themselves because they have to, it's a hard, it's a hard industry to be in. And, you know, if nobody's looking out for you and you've got to do everything yourself, then that's what you're focused on. And you don't have time or energy to spend, you know, supporting other people. But, um, you know, there's a few of us out there like myself and you and, you know, those that there that really like to engage with those other artists, even as an artist yourself, because to me, that's where I grow even more and I discover even more. And I feel like I was, it's just part of what I was meant to do. Um, and I can't imagine not ever like to, to stop doing it. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Keep going. I
1: mean, a lot of energy, but... You know, so managing my own stuff and then trying
0: to support all these. Yes, so it's a lot, I'm job. sure. <laughs> but you're doing a great job. I, I, I've i seen the page and it's definitely got a community and a vibe happening. So, you know, people appreciate it, I'm sure. The artists that you support.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so I actually do want to talk about the evolution of the underground dance music scene in Toronto. You know, since you first arrived eight years ago or so, in what ways has it flourished over the years? And if you could keep some things the same, what would they be?
1: <laughs> that is a very interesting take on the question because usually, yeah, like I, I was like thinking about. I guess I probably, you know what? Delete that part. Okay. Um, I guess <laughs> I probably shouldn't necessarily allude to the fact that I've got the questions ahead of time. So I just realized. <laughs> I just realized yes. have to that. Yeah. yeah. that. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So, um, no, it's a great question actually. And it's an interesting perspective to take because often, you know, when you're asked about changes through, you know, either in a scene, a city, an industry, you're often asked about, you know, um, what kind of changes, you know, like, or what do you want to see change or whatever, rather than what do you want to maintain that's flourished? And in looking back over the eight years, gosh, I mean, I've, Yeah, I've been through a lot here. I mean, certainly personally in my own sort of like work, career life outside of music has been really a challenge for me, but um, I've obviously experienced a lot through the music scene here. I was coming to Toronto for a few years before I ever moved here to go to parties and it was, you know, it was a really really happening time during those years that I was coming here before I moved here there was a lot going on still there were a lot of venues the city was really like I think full of a lot more energy in terms of the people that were investing in in events and that sort of thing and you know since I since I moved here within those first few years as you know a lot of iconic venues closed and you know we lost a lot of those those venues that you know I guess we're you know there's always I'm all for change no matter what I'm always a proponent of change is good in some way in the long run. But I think this kind of change, you know, losing physical sort of venues and multiple venues that have been sort of staples to the city, it did leave kind of a void, I think, for a little while in the city. And even though there were certainly other things going on, and there were a few venues that kind of opened up and such, there's always, you know, some people that were still really you know, really dedicated to try to make something really cool happen here. Um, so that that was nice to see sort of carried through, even through to now, of course, with all the venues that have closed and the pandemic, of course, hitting all over the world, but, you know, hitting Toronto in the sense that we didn't have, we didn't have a lot left before the pandemic, to be honest, in terms of venues. And it was already kind of stretching our creative abilities to to figure out sort of where we would host events and where the best, you know, trying to find places, not only great spaces, but also something that you could rely on consistently that wouldn't just be one space. And then like six months later, it would either be gone or it would be new management or it would be something would happen. And I think that's, and well, funny enough, I think, you know, the whole from the shutdown last year where we were kind of forced into as artists, the ones that wanted to continue doing what we love we're sort of forced to really think outside the club box. And that was, you know, to to find ways to continue doing what we love, to find spaces that were safe and secluded enough outdoors that we could host little events. Funny yeah. enough, that's where you and I connected. Yes,
0: I was like you know? thinking the whole time as you were saying, yeah. that, I was like, the event that, that was, you did, yeah. was, that was it was so amazing. Incredible. It was so fun. I needed that dance. Oh, it was amazing. So did I. I mean, It was, I was like cool. I think it was like a full moon. Mars and Venus were in the sky. Think, yeah, it I was think I awesome.
1: Saying that. Was I was like, having
0: so much fun. I it, danced. You played amazing it, music that uh-huh. night. No, you did.
1: <laughs> I remember you stayed to the end
0: and that's what did. <laughs> I did. I was there at sunset and I stayed the whole night until sunrise because uh-huh. I was like, I'm staying. This is yes. so fun. Why? Like, uh-huh. I don't know. It was so fun.
1: <laughs> it was a special night. It turned out to be obviously a lot kind of
0: bigger than we yes. had planned. The people we wanted, wanted watched- to dance.
1: It went over so well. There wasn't a single issue the whole night. It was just everything aligned. Everything yeah. was in alignment. Mm-hmm. And it felt, <laughs> honestly, I, I, that was one of the most special gigs in Toronto I've ever played. It was As beautiful. Yeah. Years, yes, years. yes. And for so many reasons, you know, like it was the energy that just everything, the vibe, the sun, sunrise, like, yes. So, many
0: ah. so <laughs> The energy, days. because everyone has been in lockdown and it's yeah. like, ah, oh, we just want to dance again. Like all of then we camp. were on the beach, just, nature, like yeah, secluded, I mean, you know, oh, so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It
1: was kind of like a tucked away spot sort of Yeah, right on the beach. It was nice. Cause it kind of like, we were kind of all surrounded by this like little,
0: like trees. hugged by the trees.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was like a little campsite. Basically.
0: It was. Yeah. Um, no, which, no, that was so which great. Ended up
1: being, becoming obviously once you know obviously once that was kind of discovered it became a, a hot spot this year so you know it then became the for me the absolute like goal was to find something super unique this year and to you know to to do something super special that wasn't in the same spot that everyone was doing events now Yeah. Uh, so this year I ended up doing something at the base of a small ski hill which was just an epic location with a gondola structure above the booth, like this massive metal green gondola structure. Cool. Gondola rides going up ahead, like as you're looking out from the booth. People were coming in, they were like, What
0: is this? Yeah. That's so <laughs> I was cool. like what I wanted. People are yes.
1: gonna it. You know, it's super Yes, special. But totally. you know, That sort of expansion and creativity is what obviously I, like any other artist out there, of course, any other forward thinking artist wants to see continue. So that's the stuff I definitely want to see flourish and expanding kind of some of the mindsets in the city too. And, you know, being a little bit more open-minded to more diverse artists and more diverse music. I think the city really needs to be sort of infused with a lot more diversity in terms of, you know, we're such a diverse city people wise and, you know, culturally and and races and everything else that I think I would just love to see this city be that all around diverse kind of atmosphere that people can really feel like they can go out exploring and discover something fresh at every kind of little pocket of the city. That's what we should be. So I want to see that, that more and, you know, embracing more unique artists and, yeah. And keeping that integrity about, you know, whoever's sort of hosting events and maintaining that sort of strong kind of integrity in everything they do. That's
0: that's what I want to see flourish. So, <laughs> OK, well, I agree with you 100 percent. Yeah. That was so fun Mm -hmm. last summer. Um, (laughs) So you also started exploring the work of being a vocal artist as a daytime career doing voiceovers, which I think is super cool. And how are you able to link that with your musical path? What's the connection there?
1: Oh yeah, that's a great question. And yeah, it's another sort of, um, I guess it's another sort of epiphany. I was Already struggling to get away from my daytime corporate IT startup, um, nine to five, like kind of nightmare jobs that were very unstable. I lost my job many, many times in Toronto and had to start over, and it really damaged over the years and lost my job in the sense of restructuring and that kind of thing, never to my own fault. And it really took a lot out of me. And, you know, I went through some really, really tough, dark times over the last couple of years because of that, as well as, you know, some other circumstances. And I was seeking a new path. I was seeking a new direction that I could really control and do for myself and be creative with. And I had had compliments on my, my voice centers on my monthly show undercurrents on DIFM for a number of years. So that show launched in May, 2017. And from the very first show, literally, the, the first comment on that show from almost five years ago is a guy that was basically like, Oh my God, wow, that voice. And what a great show. And from then on, like I, I would get those kind of comments and I didn't really thought anything about it. And I was like, gosh, is there something I could do with my voice? I really <laughs> didn't know because I was like, I'm not a singer, even though I love singing as a kid. I used to sing myself to sleep at night for two hours, but I knew I wasn't like a singer, but I was like, is there like a voiceover thing? And I started to research it last year. And I really went deep into the research, like I do for everything, and discovered that it was really a viable industry. It was a real viable career. And it excited me. And I started to kind of dabble in it and research and take some um, courses and stuff. Then the summer hit. And Basically, you know, those outdoor parties and, and that kind of stuff was kind of taking precedence. And at the same time, I was invited by an artist who I had played a lot of his work in my sets, Alexander Church, based in uh, the northern UK. Um, I was invited by him to do vocals for two of his tracks for an upcoming EP. And I had never done that, of course, but I was already of this mind that I was going to do vocals. So I knew it was meant to be. And I was like, I embraced it. I full on embraced the challenge that it was and the, you know, the exciting challenge that it was. And it, it took me a good month off and on working on this. It was, it was something because everything that like all his music and the label is focused on psychological theories and ideas. So there's a lot of deep thinking involved, a lot of deep thinking, a lot of research that went into the two tracks that I was working on to first just come up with the ideas, make all the notes on the ideas, then write lyrics, actual coherent lyrics, record them, do all the editing and post-processing, and then start working with the music and fitting them in and arranging and to tell that story in a way that was maintaining the substance of those psychological theories, but also giving my own sort of twist on it personally. And so December 14th, six months later, on my birthday, I had my debut release on configurations of self um, with two tracks, In the Field and Curious Paradox, which were really, really special to me and obviously very personal in terms of, of what went into them. And from there, I you know, as the fall and the winter kind of was approaching, I knew I had to really start focusing on this voiceover stuff. So once the new year hit, I was in like full on, like head to the ground, whatever you whatever the saying is, <laughs> Pedal to the metal. What do you
0: say? I don't know what that's saying. Yeah. Pedal to the metal, like <laughs> full on, like there's so many. <laughs>
1: full on, like everything. Yeah. Else. Basically there was nothing. Heads else. down, like, head like down. Yeah, three yeah. months solid of, I didn't see anybody I didn't see anybody. I barely talked to anybody for three months. Wow. I was in my place focused on building my vocal booth, sorting out all the technology, all the gear, testing it out, recording hundreds and hundreds of samples to create my demo. I learned how to create my own demo. I did everything DIY because I had no money to do it otherwise. So I launched it March 7th as a freelance business called Bonafide VO and launched it on one of the freelance platforms, Fiverr. And was like four months of absolute madness getting you know trying to get going on that and and you know sort of taking in what that meant in terms of every day sort of getting these little orders that you were spending a lot of time on and not necessarily getting much uh, um, financial reward but I knew that I was on the path and I knew that I was making it happen and I had put so much into it that I knew that I couldn't give up and it's been a very very tough year not gonna lie in many respects but I know that I'm still, this is part of my path. And it was again, an epiphany that I know I'm meant to follow. And I now have, you know, a bunch of other projects in the works that, uh, you know, I'm pretty excited about using my vocals. So yeah,
0: well, yeah. You mentioned that you do have a few new EPs coming out, one end of December and the other end of January. Are there vocals involved in these EPs that you're doing?
1: Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. And actually, um, so the one that I, was going to be end of December was actually going to be my second EP on Configurations of Self with Alexander Church. It's a bit delayed so I think it's going to end up being January which is fine. It's going to coincide very soon, well very kind of close to the really big one that I'm super excited about at the end of January. That um, I'm not going to reveal the label yet because it's still kind of a big announcement that I want to make but it's, so the one first, the one on Configurations of Self is going to be two original vocal tracks again around some deep thinking and some theoretical sort of ideas from a famous Canadian psychologist. And there are two remixes, one from uh, quite an established talent uh, out of the UK, James Welsh, and Vincenzo, who I've loved for a long time. So that's going to happen. Then the big one at the end of January with my friend Norby out of Hungary, really a beautiful collaboration. I've done four vocal tracks as part of five tracks. There's going to be a three track EP and then two tracks on a various artists album. And then I also have another really exciting one. I don't know date or timing, but probably within the next three months with one of my favorite artists of the last five years who I've played a lot of, who is, is, is quite, you know, is quite well established in the industry and, and just makes some amazing music who actually invited me to do vocals for one of their tracks for their upcoming album and so I'm like, I was honored, obviously, and super excited about that one. And there's a couple others that I've got in the works as well. So next year, combined with <laughs> a very special New Year's gig, which just got solidified last week abroad,
0: nice. it's looking like a pretty, like, exciting. Positive year ahead. Well, starting, year. starting your New Year's at a gig abroad, that's a good way to start yeah. the New Year. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: like nothing, nothing, I certainly didn't expect that, but, you know, after such a hard year and you know, being, you know, yeah, being really uh, challenged with so many things, it's going to be such a a shift. And I really feel like the shift is starting to happen. Yeah. Um, You know, and that, yeah, I'm pretty excited. There's actually, I didn't even mention there's, there's another solo production that I started almost two years ago, which I had four remixes done to coincide with that. So it's a five track EP that has taken by the time it's going to be released next year. I just got word back from the label manager last week who wants to sign it, but it's going to be another probably five, six months. So that's going to be pushed out even further, but that one is going to be extremely special as well when that comes
0: out finally so well I can't wait to hear all of this yeah. <laughs> so send it over when it's ready definitely, <laughs> and we'll we'll give it a share no that's really exciting isn't it funny because like when you work on music first of all producing music and the hour spent producing music and then by the time it's like picked up by the label and released with the label's schedule it's like a year yeah. later when clubs were like up and going da, 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 you'd like play them out I'm sure yeah. so by the time it's like actually released officially it's like Oh yeah, this.
1: Yeah, it's like <laughs> oh, it's yeah, also yeah. probably yeah. exciting
0: at the same time, but it's also funny how like the longevity of the process to have a release actually come out on it's the label. <laughs> Especially
1: with, you know, a major label, they have like their schedules are sometimes like you said backed up for a year. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's that's kind of what I've run into with this one, but I feel like I waited this long that it's so worth waiting to be on one of my dream labels. So, Yeah. It's Yeah, it's definitely been quite a journey for sure, so.
0: (laughs) Well, it's like the next chapter, releases are coming out. (laughs) Oh, that's so amazing. Well, okay, so now we're going to get to this part of the conversation. Can you share with us one or two muses in your life that you'd like to give a shout out to?
1: Yeah, that's actually, now I know, I guess typically a muse maybe has been in history kind of represented by, you know, a female sort of symbol, but I think I I have I have no choice but to mention this particular person who happens to be not female, but he has been clearly one of the biggest inspirations for me in the last year. It's uh, it's somebody that. I met through just having started with Getting Deeper through a special premiere I was doing of this track Cygnus in August last year. He's a incredible multifaceted creator, composer, producer, motion graphics artist named Matter, aka Matthew Clugston, based in London from Birmingham. And after that first connection, I've had many, many more where I've supported a lot of his work. Basically every EP that he's had since I've done a special feature for and such, and I've not been so deeply, deeply moved by music on such a profound level. And I, I mean, I listen and and explore a lot of different music and obviously I moved on a regular basis, but the depth at which his music has, has really impacted my life in this last year in a short time has been tremendous. And it's honestly probably the most profound since... Back in the very beginning of my musical journey before, before becoming an artist, when I fell in love with the music, 16-bit lolitas from Amsterdam, a duo that really were, they were introduced to me very early on. And they were probably my biggest inspirations of all time and, and still very much hold that place in my heart. But those two matter He's pretty much as profound as what 16-bit Lolita did for me back like 13, 15 years ago. So, so yeah, that's. That's the first one. Okay. (laughs) Um, And the second, very different and still extremely significant, but completely different, would be my dearest nanny, Sylvia, who my mother's mother, who sadly passed away in 2018. But although I didn't get to see her a lot because I was moving around a lot, she's in Nova Scotia. She was in Nova Scotia. She always represented the most spirited, genuine selfless, loving, giving, inspiring human being, I think that I ever really knew in my life. So I think for sure she's always been there with me through everything, so...
0: Absolutely. They are. They're your spirit angels, yeah. <laughs> guidance, yeah. guardians, our grandparents, you know, when they're no longer with us. So I think that's really beautiful. <laughs> really
1: had a big impact for sure. Yeah. I, mean, in my eyes, but...
0: I know it's you're okay. You, no, that was really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do believe in that though, actually, when, you know, you lose a loved one and sometimes you get signs and you feel it and you, or maybe you feel their energy or, you know, they're guiding you or if you believe in that, then you believe in that. And I do, <laughs> but like sometimes I'll be washing dishes and I just feel like I feel something behind me, like my grandma. And I'm like, I have to look, but yeah. I'm like, what, why do I feel that there's something here? You know, it's so weird, but are other things, little things that I'm like reminded of. And I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to take that as a sign, yeah. you know?
1: so powerful. And it's so interesting you mentioned that because on the other side, I mean, my grandfather, who was her husband, had passed away probably at least 10, 15 years prior to her. And he was also like truly one of the most inspiring, loving and loved and so well loved and so well respected person in the community, in the very small town in Nova Scotia. Everyone loved him. Like he was just just such such a wonderful human being and very stubborn, unfortunately too. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, very strong. And actually, when he passed away, it was both of them were, were just a massive loss to everybody around. And we have very big extended family. Mm. But I remember within a few months of I was in I was in Ottawa, and I remember walking. I think I was walking through. It was at Christmas time, and I was walking through the mall. I think, and I was a, a teenager at the time in 1920, and I was sitting on a bench, and I absolutely felt. My grandfather right next to me. It was I've never felt that kind of thing before. I've never had that sort of feeling you just know,
0: there. right? You that feel like I
1: it. knew my grandfather was there, you know. Yeah. And I like I welled up with tears and I sat there on the bench and I was crying and I was just yeah. like, wow, this is so intense. First time in my life. It's
0: energy, you know? Yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah, he was there to kind of, you know, I guess just to say like that he was always gonna be there, you know, mm-hmm. like he was with you. So, yeah, I know a lot of people have those experiences. I guess I just never thought that I would and it just
0: surprised Yeah, and you don't really like think about it until it happens to you. And then you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real thing. It's a real thing for sure. Aw, well, thank you for sharing. That was really nice. (laughs) So we're going to get to the Follow Your Bliss finale question. Can you share with us one positive affirmation with our listeners?
1: Oh, yes, gosh, I have. Yeah, there's, I think... It's kind of wrapped up into a bunch of little components. Um, I think always, always, I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, always be yourself or always be an individual. Um, Be in the sense that be an individual. um, If it comes to, if you're on a musical path, like play for yourself first, like always, always do it from a perspective of if nobody else was around, and you didn't need any sort of acknowledgement from anybody else. Do what is so natural and feels good from the core in whatever you're doing, and try to always follow that instinct and that gut feeling and your innermost passion, and explore and take risks, and don't be afraid to be different. Don't don't be afraid to challenge yourself and want to explore beyond what the masses do and what maybe your friends are doing because that's how you grow. And that's how, that's how you forge a real sort of, that's how you make a mark. That's how you're remembered. And not just that remembered by other people, it's really not so much about that as it is. That's, I think for me and in my path, always always, playing for myself didn't, it doesn't mean to negate or ignore your audience or the people around you or your friends and family. What it means is to just do what I said, follow your core and stay true to yourself and avoid conformity and, you know, expand and people will naturally gravitate and celebrate in that energy. And that's never steered me wrong really in terms of that that mantra's always been something I've abided by. I've never conformed and played what I think people want to hear versus what I want to play. I've played what I wanted always. And that's just one aspect. But I think it, it goes, with, goes without saying that it expands to every aspect of your life. Doing from the core of what's you and not conforming and not compromising who you are and your own integrity is so important in everything you do definitely in this industry and it's a rare thing to find so that's my big
0: <laughs>
1: thank you yeah me. no i but love it well, because
0: you know yeah it's the thing is the right people will will gravitate towards you if you're just being yourself if you're not trying to conform and you're just being you the people that are meant to be in your life will stay or they'll come to you they'll be attracted to your vibrations or your frequency or that like, what you're doing and want more. Like, I, I don't think I'd seen you play before that party. No, you said you hadn't. I don't think I had. I mean, I was there for a long time, but I feel like the most memorable part, it was like later in the evening. Well, like probably closer to the morning part. I don't know. But I just remember standing there with a friend and he was like, wow, what is she playing right now? This is real second <laughs> I don't know like you, yeah. you know Omar do you know Omar yeah you said that to me and, and we were like this is incredible <laughs> like you have no idea it was so funny but it was true it was true we were oh thank you loving it. and that's why I had to come tell you after we like that was so awesome thank you like
1: that's what like that touches me so much I'll never forget that like that's why I feel so like really like connected to you in that way because just those moments
0: yes. me, over yes. the years,
1: like those moments have never gotten old, never lost their <laughs> luster, never lost their impact on me. I can't tell you, like I have saved almost a, a screenshot of almost every single comment that I've ever gotten that has touched me in that way. Oh, that's so and nice. Every message, <laughs> every, every message that I have a huge folder of all these comments because that is what i did for years before i did this myself and you know i i know how much that means to an artist and i know how much how important it is to express your your love and your appreciation to somebody who's who's you know giving of themselves and i just i love that reciprocate reciproca-
0: yeah i think we were also saying like this is art <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, this is art you know that's what we were saying oh my god I mean because as it is like you were whoa you were throwing it down Ugh, it uh, so well did I've you record seen, that by the way or no no, <gasps> no unfortunately not it's okay yeah. actually everyone she <laughs> just me will be making a very special musai mix which will come out yes. on December 14th so you'll get a little taste I'm but it depends day. on like what flow you go with but like I mean do whatever you feel exactly. there's but there's what I experienced was options. all like,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's like, as, as I've kind of attested to, I mean, my tastes are so broad mm. that I have like so many different directions that I can go in. And that sometimes does make it a little bit difficult to focus because I've, I'm all over the place when it comes <laughs> to sound and, and styles and, and vibes. And like, I mean, I'm playing everything from breaks, D and B, like so many different things. And that's what excites me. Like, I love that diversity and I love that risk taking, like never part of that mantra and part of that affirmation of all the stuff I already said was also when I said, take risks. Yeah. Don't, don't just play safe. Don't just, don't just do everything safe. If Mm. you don't go beyond and push yourself, like we all know, if you don't push yourself beyond the the standard or the basic or the average, I mean, how are you ever going to Achieve grow. And grow. yeah yeah so, no I agree like, I mean it's cliche but it's something worth repeating
0: you know totally yes I've always I've always abided by it so yes yeah. well mm-hmm. thank you so much just be just be <laughs> yourself <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was, that's there you go where the name came from sure. yeah, yeah. So thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to launch this episode and share this and your mix on December 14th, which is your birthday. And it was so lovely to connect with you, share your story with my audience. And you know, I hope, you know, your next year is like amazing and I can't wait to listen to all your releases.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Lindsay. It's been such a pleasure and honor to be invited. I love what you're doing. I think it's amazing that you're continuing that part of your passion, even though you've kind of shifted. A little bit in career, but yes, you know, thank I really you. Appreciate the time with me, and I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> I the music. Actually, that's December fourteenth is also when I'm flying back home to visit my family for the first time in for almost five years. So
0: oh wow! big day
1: emotional day yes
0: oh my (laughs) gosh you'll have new music and family reunions yeah Yeah. thank you so much well I hope to see you in the future sometime maybe it's on a dance floor who knows maybe it'll be a party here in the Dominican (laughs) yes (laughs) I hope so too
1: for sure I hope this Mm -hmm. is not the uh
0: no uh, this is just the beginning
1: Yeah, I think think think, um, think for sure it will be. So I hope to to definitely reunite in some way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, have a beautiful holidays and yeah, we'll talk soon. (laughs)
1: Awesome, thank you everyone. Bye.